Hi, and welcome to Moral High Ground. Today's subject is about pollution. Knowledge of pollution, how people make pollution, how to eliminate pollution, and ultimately restoring the Earth's natural beauty. Now, why I pick this subject? Because first off, I talk too much about all this stuff that goes on with humanity, and ultimately I go into rants and go back and forth and stuff, and sometimes I repeat myself on the same issues and topics and minor little memory lapse or whatever. But pollution is something that needs to be talked about because no matter what's going on with the Democrats, Republicans, these different groups in America between men and women, the safety of children, the education of children, the protection of children, it's all the same, but it's just something that's going to always go on and on. Even if Earth was destroyed, there would be more issues. So, the main focus would be about pollution. Now, ultimately, we know China is one of the most polluted places in the world. Another one would be India. They have this festival thing. They have a big, almost an island mountain worth of trash and stuff. Um, a place in Mexico started making cups and straws, I guess it was, out of like, um, it wasn't really plastic. It's made of plastic they created. It's actually a genius thing because it, it, it bio, you know, dissolves or whatever. It doesn't take like 50 to 400 years like the regular plastic we got, hard plastic. It eliminates in less time. Less time meaning like 20 to 50 years. And there's actually somebody, something good that they created to help the environment because plastic is actually one of the most harmful things that man has created in the past hundred years or so because uh, well plastic is as bad as toxic if it burns and you know there's so many different things but it can be made back into different types of plastic depending on how small it is or whatever not really quite sure how plastic works but as you know it can be recycled and you can make more plastic Paper is something that happens as a lot of trees get cut down, but I think the advancement of technology pretty much stopped the elimination of so many trees just to make paper products. You know, I mean, yeah, there's still paper, there's still notebooks, there's still books and stuff like that that needs paper. But when it comes to like newspaper, I mean, when I was a kid, when I was younger, period, newspaper used to be huge. I mean, it'd be so big, you can barely. I mean, <laughs> hold it in your hand, you know, it fits your, your whole face, your lap, you can damn near use it as a whole blanket. Now you get a couple of things in newspapers, almost like a little magazine or something. But you used to get lots and lots of different things because, like I said, the advancement of uh, technology eliminated that because now you got freelance writing, you got all these online writing forums, you have so many different uh, learn how to write opportunities, uh, blogs, and all these things where you know you 
pretty much type whatever it is that you've seen or what you believe or what your personal story is. So it really eliminated the fact of having to have so much newspaper stuff, especially the fact that the newspaper industry was a little different than television is because the newspaper would go out and they go find people to ask about stuff, investigation, and more of a broader uh, news because they would go talk to all different types of people within the community. And the news, television news itself, you can see the cover up, uh, how they broadcast certain things. They won't say certain things. They got an agenda. They work with the government or the, the local law enforcement to make the news a certain way. And to me, I believe the newspaper industry is actually something that was great at one time because they were able to go out find the case. It's like when you watch uh, Superman and Lois Lane, they're going out, they're investigating crimes that they heard about, and then eventually it ends up in the Daily Planet. You know, and that's the whole purpose of it was it used to be a busy, active place where news ran in and out, and the investigators would actually be exactly like detectives, like regular cops. They would go out and find the stuff, see if it was real, worked hand in hand with the police, things like that. But the whole thing about it was there was so much information that wasn't being held back. It wasn't until later on that things started getting held back. It turned around in the newspapers. So with that being said, and then, you know, the television news has its way of covering up things. Uh, Susan Sarandon went on an episode of uh, uh, the Daily News or whatever it was on Channel 8 every morning with the dude that was big. Now he's a tiny little black man with a big head. I can't remember. Al Croker. Uh, he went on, she went on that channel and she started talking about how news was. And I was watching this episode and they cut her off in the middle explaining how uh, the news is and what it covers up. Which means they didn't want her to expose their secret on the, the news. And uh, it's a bad thing because you have people sitting here wanting to know the truth and yet we're limited to the truth so I believe the news that we have now is covered up by rich people it's for rich people because especially if you live in a poor neighborhood or just a middle class neighborhood your neighbor the stuff that goes on in your neighborhood doesn't get put on the news it just doesn't I mean a lot of things don't like suicide doesn't get put in the news at all um you know, drug addicted babies. So many, I can go on and on and on. You know, they might go on for one time and you won't see it for a long time. And then, and so, you know, the thing about it is the news itself happens to be something that's just completely brainwashed. Brainwashed news. Newspapers have brainwashing news as well. But, my whole point now, uh, one off topic as usual is the fact that there's not that many of them no more. We used to have the weekly daily news or, or daily weekly news, but they had a whole bunch of conspiracy theories and aliens sleeping with dogs and weird shit. And I forget the name of the other one that used to be out and I think it was National Enquirer and they had giant bee hunters and stuff like that. It was just nonsense. So you go to the supermarket nowadays, you don't see, see the weekly world news or uh, the acquirer or whatever it was called but and you don't see a bunch of Mad Maxes unless you're really in a magazine store it's like 
totally different I mean they got magazine parts in the supermarket but it isn't as glamorized as it was back in the day I have to believe that someone said hey we can't you know support this uh, waste of paper and environment and that's just a bad thing uh, another thing is, is like it's just like I said technology replaced paper but some things in technology is needed like certain metals you need to create uh, computers and stuff and we got those out there now cans and uh, cans and all kinds of aluminum and things like this gets recycled and made back into other products so it's something that gets done a lot I would have to say that you know, a lot of people make a living off of scrap metal and make good money. You get in a truck, you're taking a bunch of metal to a metal factory place and they're buying it. You know, they're making money off of anything titanium, aluminum. Aluminum, titanium, and, and copper make a lot of money in little metal industries. Of course, silver and gold, but dude, why would you put those in those type of environments? You want to take those to like a jewelry store or someplace, or just melt them down yourself, you know, and uh, be able to make a good profit off of it. And so, you know, you can take any form of thing, be a refrigerator or whatever, and scrap the metal off of them to dispose of the rest of the thing, which still leaves waste behind. So, and people that are on drugs and stuff or whatever, they'll do this. Refrigerators are usually frowned upon because they have a, I, uh, I want to say isodon or iodine or some, whatever the fuck it's called, or maybe it's isotope or something. I don't know. Can't remember exactly what it is. Freon, I think. Freon, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, it's in the, it's inside the cooling system of the refrigerator. So most metal places don't take those, but they'll take the parts that are in there that is made of metal. But most likely they want you to tear it apart. So usually when you find a place like, you know, a little junkyard or, uh, you know, a trailer park or somewhere, someone has a refrigerator outside, it's because they took the parts out and uh, scrapped it from metal or whatever. You know, usually people that sell metal will have a whole bunch of random shit that makes no sense in their yard. But that's the problem of what I'm saying about pollution is when the people are selling metal, yeah, they got all the metal going, but where's all these other scraps go? They sit around someone's yard or they get sent to another dump facility, meaning that they're useless and ultimately can't be used again, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they've been outside too long, whatever. And that's the issue with the homeless people too, they're sitting there and they're you know, sitting there letting all this stuff accumulate and just destroy whatever's going on. So, I have to say, the only way to eliminate all that leftover stuff might be take the metal out. And, of course, it's a junkyard, but junkyards are another thing that's bad because the metal's sitting around forever. You gotta make new cars and stuff, but I'm telling you now, cars nowadays are like garbage. There's like tinfoil, you can drive your car right through. I had a Suburban, and I was trying to get over through this lane. There was a turn lane going through there, and I wanted to get over to the other side and go the opposite way. And I accidentally wanted this woman's car, and I was on her right side, 
and I was in this big 85 Suburban, and uh, this woman was in some new fancy nonsense, and anyway, and I backed up into the 7-Eleven after I hit her, and uh, her car was like, just total pretty much, like the whole side was gone. I go out, look at the front of my truck, and it was like nothing, I hit it up, like no damage at all. I mean, it's like as if you went through a war zone, there was nothing hitting your car, it's like a big tank. And so it's just like the metal that they're using, you know, it's fiberglass within it. You know, pretty much just a fiberglass car. To me, that's not safe. So that's a safety issue because if you had a car that could just tear apart easily and then you have cars that's made out of complete steel, nothing beats steel, you know what I mean? Nothing beats heavy metal. And I think cars, regardless of how safety and fancy they look, because I really don't like the design of new cars. I mean, I love cars, but the new car designs are pretty shitty. There's no, you know, fender tail thingies on the back and or whatever you call these antenna things they used to have in the back. There's no big vans. These vans now are kind of smaller compared to the old school vans, cargo vans and whatnot. Uh, it's a lot of trucks don't even, I mean, SUVs like eliminated the process of trucks and then you have to get like a, F, a F-150 or whatever for your, you know, pickup trucks, you know, to get something like that or a 350 for something with a large bed. And most trucks get made, they're all sports trucks now. So they're really not good for hauling or anything. So then when it comes down to older cars, they got a lot of heavy metal, a lot of scrap, and it's hard to get rid of. So <clears throat> I think that's another thing that pollutes society. One thing I've seen recently on the news was about Christmas and stuff, like people returning things uh, to stores after the store, sold it to them, they returned it to them because it wasn't a gift they wanted, or there might be some kind of damage to the product. And so what they do is they take all these products over the years, I mean, after the year's over, after the holidays and whatnot, and they try to resell them in certain places like thrift stores, or online little services or something, but most and in some places they sell them overseas. Like if it doesn't, if so much stuff gets returned in America, then they'll take it, sell it to another country, so that country has it. So it's probably a good way culturally to get people in another country to understand American products, but are our products that's like you know not sent to their country. Period. So probably a good way to make them understand other cultures, products, and how to use them and whatnot. But the flaw in this is that all the ones that don't get sale gets put into a landfill. They got landfills full of uh, returned products from Christmas and whatnot, and that's a bad thing. It's like they're not trying to recycle it in a certain way. It's like a big cover-up of how they're, you know, pretty much commercialism and all this isn't working. It really isn't working. So there's lots of product being landfilled in. And there's some place in China where they had all these bikes and they made a shitload of them and then they just let them piled up and sit there. And so that's a another bad uh, concept on how to clean the environment. These piles and piles of trash and, and piles and piles of landfills and all this stuff, the world has a shitload of trash. Lots of it. And so, the, the way I look at it is, and this sounds crazy, like, oh, Shelby watched too much Superman 4 or whatever. 
Lamar, Superman, or some stuff, period. But no, they make rockets to go into space. They, they constantly go up and down and on the moon or in the space station that they got hovering above the earth along with people that probably go on private checks to check satellites to make sure that some of the systems that's connected to the satellite works on earth properly or upgrades to that system to make things work faster or better on earth so i'm thinking like the ultimate source or source to eliminate things but yet be able to keep the fire going will have to be the sun i mean they got all these products and putting them in the landfills ain't gonna help and and even if something doesn't help so i believe if you put it make a ship big enough put a bunch of containers in the containers and uh full of trash and all this crap start hurling it into the sun and like do this like every freaking uh, six months to stole uh, a ship with freaking trash in it to the sun. And let's just see how long the sun lasts. I mean, people keep saying there was a scientific theory about the sun uh, dying in a couple, I don't know, 600 million years or some nonsense. And I was watching on this thing and they were talking about years upon years of the sun slowly deteriorating and we won't be here and such a long number that any of us right now won't be here and all our ancestors will or descendants I should say children and children and children you know that's what we'll be here but in all reality the <clears throat> sun could last a lot longer if we had more stuff to keep it burning and so to eliminate the problem of earth's extinction with humanity you know not having a sun is a give the sun something to burn you know just throw all these ships full of trash in there eliminate all the trash in India and China along with all the trash in America from these landfills from these junkyards from these waste facilities throw them into the sun and see what happens now ultimately there might be somebody that protests the sun will die and there might be sun protesters but I look at it like you're taking a bunch of branches off a tree and you're throwing it into fire. It's just the fire's biggest universe type thing. And the branches ain't nothing but little tiny rockets. <laughs> little tiny ships. So, maybe you're just throwing like twigs into the sun. Pretty much. And they're not explosive, so it wouldn't be hurting the thing. It would actually just melt and and turn into part of the star's natural uh, structure. And that's, that's what the sun is, the sun is a star. So it will turn into the structure of the sun, of the, you know, the sun. So, I mean, like let's say you took a whole bunch of metal, like, you know, let's just say, for example, washing machines, dryers, even the refrigerator thing I was talking about, a whole bunch of scrapped cars, you know, all that metal, all that stuff is going to just melt. It's going to burn, but it's going to keep burning. But then whatever it is, life's lighting the fuel, you know, it's keeping the fire going. And that way it preserves whatever it's supposed to burn out in billions of years. doesn't, even though it could make it overheat a little bit more, but I doubt it. I'm pretty positive solar flares make more of a problem, you know, than just burning something in the sun completely. So, I think that 
is a good idea to eliminate so much stuff on Earth. And then, especially with, you know, it's just really sad that you got all these things that could, you know, damage the Earth. And there was this guy a long time ago, a while back, that was telling me about uh, how to clean the water places. Like, he was talking about this thing that comes off of ships that's red and it's tiny and they can't get it out of the ocean. And they had certain things to clean the water, to purify the water within the ocean, golf courses, uh, rivers and lakes. And even ponds where it would clean this thing out so because so many ships going back and forth shipping things and the whole thing with ships staying out in the dock. I think he was talking about this thing that happened in New Jersey, I think it was, or New York, where this shipping thing was sitting there for years and they didn't know what to do with this trash. And there was so much trash that sitting on this barge in the middle of the, you know, Staten Island. And he started having these things get inside the water and started poisoning people and the wildlife within the ocean. And so this thing could still be eliminated. That guy died though of uh, uh, colon cancer, but the guy had so much knowledge he was trying to train me on it, but I was in a whole different state of mind. I obtained a lot of knowledge from it. He explained how to build the device to fix it. Kind of like one of these guys that have a scientific device and never gets to use it. I, I got one myself. You know, if people invest in something, then maybe we can make something happen. But this was a very eye opening thing to me because I didn't know there was something that was eliminating uh, sea life as well as damaging the humans. And of course, plastic being in the waters is a shocker, but. You can see plastic. You can't really see something that's damn near microscopic or close to being microscopic in the water. And so, something where you have to filter the water to change the water out and stuff. And we have to figure a way, as humans, to eliminate things getting inside of our oceans and poisoning the wildlife within there. We have to find a way to keep the wildlife in the ocean alive. Because if push comes to shove, there's no mammals that are that we eat on Earth, then there's not going to be no sea life as well. And practically everything under the sea tastes good, <laughs> you know. So not unless you want to eat sharks and dolphins and seals and stuff like that. But you know, and there's always a ban on those type of things now. Uh, so my thing is. After trying to clean oceans, they overpopulate, re, you know, certain sea creatures, which to me shouldn't be too hard, but it ultimately has to be some kind of place to grow them and then be able to set them into the sea or some kind of sea simulated, uh, uh, how can I say this, tank that can flush them into the sea without them realizing they're in the sea. And it's not really a shocker to sea creature because you know it's just like when you take a fish you got to put the bag in there and make sure it gets to the temperature so that the thing can live in the water that you're putting it in so there has to be something similar to that but replicates sea the sea itself so it could be able to be put out there and uh and be able to overpopulate these fishes but in places where uh, like there's a place in Hades or Haitia where 
the beach is completely trash and there's like wild pigs walking around eating trash and there's all kinds of this, you know, junk on the beach shore to where people don't even go out there and lay on the beach or anything. And so, once again, that's one of them places where you'd have to wipe it all out. And I would say, once again, to put it all on a rocket and send it to the sun. If not the sun, make another planet a junkyard that way. And in the future, if humans can drive that way, that planet has stuff that we can build things with. I mean, it's worth a shot. It makes logic to me. And then with that being said, you're like, okay, well, you just dumped this planet out. We're going to do this and that. Well, here's what you do. You take these AI robots, and it's just a thing. I thought of this a while ago. You do these AI robots, their consciousness, their ability to build uh, complex structures and complex things using certain forms of algorithm to make them, uh, you know, eliminate uh, eliminate the task at hand. And so, the main thing is they give them the ability, let's say, to build cars from scratch at all these different parts and show them, have like a, a memory bank full of all types of cars throughout the, you know, the whole invention of the car, all the different parts, all different components, all the ways to make different types of cars and give it the ability to try to create a brand new car on another planet or whatever. Well, you might work if it is a planet, but have them have the ability to make a car based off of their own designs and see what would happen. But that would be the only way to populate a planet would be to have these androids since Earth can't, Earthlings can't really leave Earth. You know what I mean? Yeah, we go out, up past the, you know, almost past the atmosphere. Even the moon, if you go beyond the moon, then you're fully out of Earth's atmosphere. Because as long as they're, as long as you're around the moon, the moon is, is stuck where it is based off of uh, our atmosphere. So once you reach the moon, you're not past the Earth's atmosphere. You're in another level of at Earth's atmosphere outside of the uh, planet itself. So my thing is just, you know, if you're going to go send something like the Mars rover to robots all over there and it's operating by remote, I guess, through NASA, and I would have to say that you would have to take an android and put it out there, AI android or whatever, and have it walk around. It, can, it doesn't need air, it doesn't need oxygen to breathe, so you can have it out there, and you can have it planting plants and trying to find a way to keep them alive based off of scientific theories on plant life, plant life on a planet that has no oxygen. You can make a, a oxygen bubble thing like they did in that movie, uh, The Martian. And then I guess you would slowly expand it bit by bit, you know, and just keep moving it forward and forward until it's building the oxygen level within this bubble. And you keep moving it all through the planet in areas where you can keep it. And slowly but surely it's building the octa, an atmosphere. And I know that has nothing to do with what we're talking about pollution, but I would just say that that would be an interesting way to get rid of trash is to put it on another planet, you know, and then you have something that works on something in that planet over there. You could make a whole, I know it sounds crazy, but hey, you got your robot species, you got your Cylons and shit, <laughs> creating your own 
world based off of the trash metal we have and technology we have on Earth. We've the metal technology planet and we have AI robots out there turning them into something that can build their society. And I know that sounds retarded, stupid, but whatever. It makes sense. It might work. You know? And I mean, nothing wrong with fantasy because the person's mind is built on fantasy usually creates things that are great. So it's worth a while trying. And this ain't the last thing to fix the pollution, obviously, because of the C14, carbon 14 mutated. Uh, a strand of oxygen, hydrogen that hits the sun and mutates it to a form of carbon. And so on Earth, you know, we got the greenhouse gases that mixes with this C14, which makes all plant life absorb it. We absorb the plants and it shortens our lifespan. And it does this within all mammals on the planet, making it to where we all have shorter lifespans because of this. Now, we didn't have the C14 entering our body at all. We could live a lot longer, look a lot younger. And most people don't understand this, you know. Like, if you're in the sun all the time, you're actually deteriorating your, your youth. And your skin gets, you know, wrinkly and old. And so that's why a lot of people look old sometimes before their age or whatever, because they're always in the sun. It's like... People meet me like, oh, they think I'm younger and all this crap, but I'm old as crap. But the thing is, I avoid direct sunlight a lot. And it's just a thing of mine. I don't give a damn. But, you know, it's like sometimes I'm drunk. It hurts my eyes. <laughs> so, it was, this is the truth. It's just like something that's in nature thing. You know, you're drunk or whatever. But the whole thing about what I'm trying to say is this, okay? We have to make more plants. Eliminate places where they're barren. We gotta find a way to take this barren land structures, like deserts, like all these like open fields that are just, you know, having tumbleweeds and and rocks and stuff, and figure a way to grow something on it. You know, anything, anything. You know, at the same time, find a create a device that can keep things warm in cold temperatures that will ultimately be able to grow. I think the most logical, but at the same time, I guess you would say science fiction, would be to create plants that can grow in any terrain, any type of weather, any type of uh, structure, I guess. I mean, you can, like, for instance, like moss can grow on rocks, and no matter how the rock is shaped, the, the moss will grow on it. So if you had plants that could grow on any kind of uh, structure or uh, surface, let's put it that way, any type of surface. So if you had a plant that was growing on a tree, like I say, like moss or something like that, then maybe you can grow things a little better and, you know, like fruits or vegetables and stuff like that. And I think if you just built them, just keep build them just to build them, you know, you know, I mean, a lot of things would become, uh, seasonal, you know, like plant that any type of environment, this thing will grow, if you can build it to grow like that, it's perfect, I mean, that would be the best gene splicing, uh, botanist type knowledge 
in the world. Maybe very valuable. Somebody could make a, uh, I don't know, let's say for instance, grapes grow all year long. You know how big the wine industry would be then? It's the same thing with like oranges or lemons, be billions and billions of dollar industry. We can do it all day long, year, all year long. So I said that'd be a genetic advancement if someone was able to do that, as well as trying to. Well, I don't know about preserving trees. I, I think trees are going to grow and they last years and years and years. So I guess they do outdo a lot of plants on Earth. But the thing about it is, I mean, you could replicate them in a certain way to make them last forever. But eventually, all things must pass. And there's always things that happen to trees. But the main thing I just have to say is that. We waste a lot of them every year, every December 25th and all that, with the winter solstice, Christmas, slash, you know, Jesus' birthday. Um, I think a lot of trees are falling uh, down just for that holiday. Some are getting tossed aside, thrown in garbage dumpsters and, you know, pushed around every year. But others are, you know, getting like, buried and there was something about a farm I was watching where they plant like 10 I guess to every five that they take down or something like that I can't remember exactly how it goes but they plant them like that and then, you know because Christmas trees are actually small compared to real pine trees and stuff out there but they're really high and big and you know, get to highs about mountains and stuff you know so we got pretty much like baby ones that take a year or two to get to the height that they get and then they get cut and then sent to your house for Christmas or not so, well maybe there is a Christmas tree delivery who knows but that's something that happens all the time uh, so I guess the best thing would try to be if you had farmers who was willing to step up and try to plant extra things that they find no use for to try to expand oxygen on earth you know i have to say like you know let's say they had pine trees you don't even have to sell them for christmas they can go on and grow about you know plant five to ten a year and with that five ten a year have them you know expand land that they're growing on and just keep growing random things maple trees whatever you know and I'd say plant them all through the desert maple trees apple trees pears whatever just random fruit trees and things near a water source you know they got those deserts where they got little streams of water and they go down there's like little desert areas with streams of water uh, and rock formations of course and you could just plant a tree near a little stream or something. And maybe there's not a lot of water, but if you find a way to connect the like a little waterway where little bits of water sprinkle into the uh, soil where the tree's planted, then the thing will the roots will start to grow strong no matter what the temperature of the tree is. So I guess the tree is something that can grow in any environment really, if you think about it. So, and then another way is trying to expand land and 
between gravel and all the kind of other stuff they use for landfills. And you can be able to fill land somewhere else. And then the problem is now there's this uh, law about preserving coral reefs, a reef in the water. And because they have life that's built on it, they could turn it into something else. And so that's bad, but you know, and then now they have these underwater art where somebody put all these statues underwater to make it look like a society died underwater. I guess it's kind of art museum, water, hippie thing. And that eventually, I don't know, 20, 40 years from now, people that forget about it because someone's going to forget about it and it's going to turn into a bunch of just nonsense under the water that's polluting the water you know unless it grows a, a coil reef itself um there's this guy on youtube i can't remember his name but if you ever get the chance try to find this about disney uh disneyland just uh, leaving their uh rides and stuff abandoned and there's like stuff from uh all kinds of rides that they just banned There was this Jungle Cruise ride when I was a kid or something like that. And they got rid of the ship. And they sat around and got rid of the Mark Twain ship they had and just let it sit to wherever it was. And then there's this place they were supposed to build somewhere in Europe. And they practically almost built this town. It was like some kind of princess town or some crap. And they abandoned it. And there's this YouTube video of these guys going in that land and, and looking around. And these buildings that never got finished by Disney, never got power or anything. And pretty much the whole place looks like a small town of castles that are just sitting there and are not going to be invested in for any time in the future. So they're just sitting there wasting time in a place where it's already looks like gravel and land and stuff. So it's like, you know, just a, a place that nature still has, but was trying to become something, you know, with man trying to intervene in it. And I guess it might have cost away a lot of money to to get the whole land and the castles, you know, to standard to be able to do something like what they were planning on doing was having a vacation spot where it was Disney owned or whatever. But it might have just said okay fuck like it was supposed to spend six billion dollars on a movie or and $12 billion on some crap, you know, who knows, Disney is the number one market for kid hell, <laughs> torture kid with, it's a small world after all or something, you know, <laughs> so, I just talk about past crap, when I was a kid, small world after all became torture, my mom would always try to get me on that ride in Disneyland, and I was like, oh, crazy, I want to pull the sword out this town, you know, something like that so and I'm just saying with stuff like that projects like that Disney abandoned things and I'm serious look it up on YouTube about Disney abandoned projects or Disney uh, abandoned ride equipment and you'll see all this waste that they did I mean all over the world do you think Disney just stayed in Anaheim or in uh, you know Orlando Florida they expanded all over the world and left all these different, you know, projects behind. And they're just sitting there and wasting time. People going and mess with them or try to sue them for something about it. It's just crazy. And, you know, there's lots of other countries do the same. Like I said, China has this bike 
population full of trash. It's just like bikes that they were going. This company was going to sell to America and stuff, or to put into their community. But people ended up buying uh, mopeds and scooters and stuff over bikes. So this place just has them all trash now. This whole, you know, they're not even trash. They're bikes that are brand freaking. They've never been ridden. Tires, everything's good. Just piled on top of each other in the middle of nowhere. And so, you know, these places like this, I'm talking about like Disney ones where they have abandoned rides just laying somewhere, or, you know, you got these bikes just sitting around, and there's the same thing, but like I said, with India, uh, it has to do with their religious beliefs and stuff. I think there's a guy, another guy, just like the guy in Mexico who made his own plastic company. Uh, there's a guy who takes the flowers, because I guess there's a big pollution of flowers that they have in India for religious service and he started making incense out of these flowers and, and now he's got an incense company that's worldwide and and then they were talking about China or might have been Korea where anyway they were talking about the noodle uh, eating and stuff with chopsticks and stuff and they were saying there's so many chopsticks uh, get made and let's say like they go to one restaurant and at one restaurant within a year's time is thrown away so many chopsticks and those chopsticks they throw away is half of a forest and then people just throw them away and they just go do it again so actually they're losing more trees making chopsticks and stuff and not putting good use to them and so this guy started collecting all these chopsticks made out of wood and he started making furniture bookshelves doors all kinds of stuff with these chopsticks and i wish i could remember the guy's name because he sell his stuff online and other things but it's worth checking out a guy who makes things out of chopsticks i don't know <laughs> i'll find out eventually and be able to explain it but it's a good way to help the environment so if there's any kind of way you can create something just take the time ponder about something that's being destroyed or something that's being wasted and try to invent it in some other way. One thing I did like and I thought about doing back when I had this crappy truck a while back is it had the gas you can make out of uh, trash. And they got a certain way you can do it and that way you have your own, uh, pretty much your own freaking gas station and you make your own gas. It ain't like fentanyl, I mean not fentanyl, but uh, the hell's the name of that? Ethanol. You know, like ethanol where it's made from corn or whatever. It's just like, you know, it's biodegradable stuff that got turned into gasoline. So pretty much like banana peels, soil, potatoes, you know, food, biodegradable crap. And you, you grind it up with water and crap and they let it sit there to pressurize it and it starts to turn into gasoline. It was just the way I remember them doing it. And so, there's lots of different things that can uh, be beneficial. But I think somebody to be able to sit back and take the time, maybe a committee, a team of people, you know, and like I was talking about closeness, if you had a group of, let's say, seven to 14 people, and age ranges could be from freaking, you know, 18 to like, oh, let's say 65. And you put people in these groups, you know, let's say it's a city. So let's say there was 14 groups 
of these 14 people or seven people for every 14 group something like that and they go around and they solve these issues and figure out what needs to be recycled what could be in the rocket to go to the sun what could be a way to, to populate over you know populate fish what could be a way to clean the water inside the ocean's waters you know this this microscopic thing that's messing up the water and mutating fish and what could be the thing that could you know take care of the metal situation and so on and so on with all the projects i mentioned you know and what could be a way to eliminate these companies uh, making landfills out of returnable products and these big corporations that put money into projects and just abandon them you know in, in big open areas of land and things so how can we eliminate this process and how can we put these to use you know is there a way to, you know, because the thing was so weird about that part is a company will make something, abandon it, but at the same time, it's like they could take that product and resell it somewhere for a lesser price, and people might buy it, but they don't think about that. They want the bigger money. So it's like me, I would go to this place in China and get all these bikes, and I would start selling bikes for as cheap as possible. You're going to make a profit back if you got over 900,000 of these damn things. Sell bikes for freaking 20 bucks a bike. Everybody in the world will buy one. And everybody have a bike in that place would still have made money. Who knows? Maybe I'm too small with thinking of products being sold, you know, whatever. But. That's just a small part of the problem. So hopefully some of this stuff makes sense to you. Do I think the way the earth looks now is morally right when it comes to these things and situations I talk about? No, I think mankind is morally wrong on the fact of how earth looks now. And I think they're wrong because of the fact that we were made, like I said it before to be protectors of the species on this planet were made to be able to help this planet and to tend its garden and that garden being all plant life around and we're supposed to take care of all life that's made before us which is all animals so you know the atmosphere is something that's been falling since Noah's days so I could get into that, but it's too deep, I guess, for some people. And you get, probably get religious people disagreeing with me, but it's right there in the Bible if you take the time and then try to figure out what the hell that word means. Furlament, farlament, you know, it's there. So, and it's a, I guess you call it the creationist theory on uh, life on earth. But anyway, this is a moral high ground. I'm your host, Shelby Lee Kyles. I'm going to start trying to do these at least two to three times a week. So if one week you only get one, next week you get two, uh, just say, hey, Shelby, you're making a big comeback. <laughs> but I'm going to start leaving uh, little things where you can ask questions to me. Uh, hopefully I get some response on, you give me some ideas, I'll talk about it, like ask me what my opinion is on something, and I'll explain it, and if it's a deep conversation, then I might make a couple episodes and give you a shout out. Uh, all I ask to return is for you to spread my work and my wisdom, or my ignorance, to somebody you think they might be 
entertained or might learn something from one of my podcasts. So I thank you for being a fan. Peace be with you all. Blessings upon you. Until next time. Peace.